If you're in the wedding and event industry, listen up because this is something that likely has come up for you or will come up for you at some point. Here's the situation. You had a client inquire about your services. They seemed super excited. And the conversation that you had with them leads to you sending over your contract. You wait, and then you wait, and then you wait for a response, only to hear crickets. And in the meantime, you have a few other people inquiring about the date that you were holding. So when two weeks go by, three weeks go by, you decide that it's time to move on and you sign that event date with another client. You can't wait around forever, right? The only thing is, is the original person now has come back about a month later saying that they're ready to move forward, but you gave away their date because you didn't hear anything from them. And now you have an angry ex-potential client on your hands demanding that they have that date and they really don't care that they waited too long. So what do you do? Do you give in and cancel the other contract? Do you stick with the person that you already have booked and say no again to this angry ex-potential client? What happens then if they leave a terrible review about you? There are so many possibilities here. So what I'm going to do is give you my legal take in today's episode of how you should approach this situation. You're listening to The Legal Page Podcast, where we chat about life and business with a legal twist. I'm Paige, attorney and photographer helping online businesses and creatives tackle their business dreams without breaking out in hives. No more legal mumbo jumbo. This podcast features simple bite-sized advice that'll have you legally legit in no time. Are you ready? Let's get started. As a reminder, before we get into this episode, I am legally obligated to give my disclaimer. I am an attorney, but I am not your attorney. All legal information I talk about in this episode is intended for the masses and a large variety of different businesses. Please seek out another attorney in your city and home state if you need specific legal advice related to your unique business. Okay, let's get back to it. Okay, legal pager. So as I mentioned in the intro... What are you supposed to do when you send a contract over to a potential client? They never sign it, basically went totally MIA, and then you gave away their date and you take on another person that is really more gung-ho to get your services booked, right? They sign right away and you think that's the end of the story. But then your other client comes back weeks later, weeks, weeks, weeks later, saying that they're now ready to proceed. Alas, you tell them, no, I, I booked that date now unfortunately, but then things get heated in their response email to you and they demand that they have that date, that they thought you were holding it. They don't care that they waited so long. Again, angry ex-potential client on your hands. So first things first, this is how I would recommend handling this situation with the ex-potential client because you've really got two situations here. The first is what you're going to do with the person in your email inbox and somebody that is now really uneasy uh, about how they may see your business, what they may do publicly about this situation. And I don't know, just if you added on layers to this, maybe they're a friend of like a previous client of yours and they were a referral, like there's so many different things that could occur that could make this even stickier. So 
you have to address this situation with this ex-potential client because you have another contract booked. I would never recommend that you cancel that other contract and work with this person. You, you've kind of already gone over that bridge and you've chosen the path that you wanted to choose, which was get your date booked as quickly as possible. And now you have to deal with the repercussions of that with this client that finally came back after ghosting you for whatever period of time they decided that was appropriate to do. So I always suggest, especially when it's heated, you feel it's it's pretty aggressive, the language that they're using in the email towards you. They're emotional. They're sad because they sat on it. They are projecting to you their own disappointment in themselves that they didn't book with you to begin with. It's like somebody getting mad that they they were looking at, well, kind of. It's kind of like they're they're mad that they're looking at flight options. They found this flight, they found the road that they wanted. They they were going to sit on it, you know, for a week or two weeks and kind of come back and see like if the prices were better, or they were going to keep searching around with like other airlines to see if they had better prices. Kind of similar here, right? And then they come back later and they realize that that flight is like fully booked. It's it's way more expensive now. They only have middle seats available. And they're just like angry. Like they're mad at themselves. But in this situation, like it's probably true. You you have no idea what they were doing and who they were, other people they were inqui- inquiring with. Maybe they had spent, you know, three to four weeks looking at other service providers and then finally made a decision that they actually did want to work with you. Maybe you were a little higher priced and they were just trying to find a better pricing option, but then they weighed the factors and decided they would rather just go with your services because they loved you and they're willing to pay a little bit more. Again, they are projecting whatever they were doing sitting on the situation to you. So respond back with the facts. Don't respond emotionally. Your facts here are that you communicated with them in X way, X amount of times. I don't know what that is. Hopefully it's a couple. If it's only one or two, I mean, that's unfortunate. And I'm going to tell you what to do next time. That's the that's the next part of this episode that I really wanted to get into was like how to combat this issue so it never happens again. And for, for people that you know, hopefully have never had to experience this, how, how I would best suggest that you don't, that if you do your best due diligence, you will probably never have to experience this. But with this particular person, you need to explain that you booked your services on a first come, first serve basis. Even if you didn't say that, that is implied with the type of services that you're offering. You are literally having them sign a contract to book X date out on your calendar. It is first come, first serve. Like they are putting down that retainer payment so that you don't take on any other clients on that date. If they don't put down the retainer payment, they don't get that date. So you just need to explain that you book your services on a first come, first serve basis. You communicated with them this amount of times. You sent the contract over. You waited this amount of time. Hopefully, it was like more than a week or two. Again, this situation here was nice because there was like a month of delay. And so you can tell them the facts are you waited four weeks with an open contract and you didn't hear from them. So you moved on to the next person. You want to apologize. You want to be empathetic for their situation, but firm in your stance that you're a business. 
You're a professional, your services are highly sought after, and it's not your fault here. But again, that you have to diffuse the situation with this particular person. And I always try to tell people, particularly one-on-one clients, if they're reaching out to me through my law firm and we're, we're talking through situations like this, they immediately feel emotional because as creatives and as people who are entrepreneurs, we are so close to our businesses. You may have even loved this potential client when you were on a discovery call with them or when you met them in person to talk about your services. Like maybe it just clicked and now you're feeling all the feels of like, crap, I I wish I wouldn't have booked this other client because now they, after this whole ghosting, ghosting experience, which I was sad about, now they have come back to me and they want to work with me. Like there's no way around what you ended up doing. <laughs> so you need to own it. And you need to respond back non-emotionally. I always, always tell people, like, write a response and then sit on that email for at least 24 hours, if not 48 hours, and then come back to it with fresh eyes. Maybe even have your partner look at it or a friend or a family member uh, and review it because they kind of are a third party. They're They're not emotionally involved in it. And then respond, okay? So you have to handle that situation first. Now, from a logistical point of view, I really want to recommend here what I believe all service providers in the wedding and event industry should do and what you can do to try to avoid this situation, hopefully from ever happening. And I think if you take all of these steps, I truly, truly believe that you will likely not get into a sticky situation when it comes to giving away your date. Because if you're really upfront with your clients from the beginning, before they sign the contract, they're going to know what their obligations are in order to book your services and not lose that date on your calendar. Three big tips. First, always set a deadline for when your contracts need to be signed and you have to explain what that deadline is when you send the email to sign the contract to your clients. So clearly communicate to your clients that if they don't sign by X date that you will open the event date back up to other inquiries, especially important here with sought after dates. Because if you have a date that's like, I don't know, 8818, I feel like I kind of remember that back in 2018, or, or a potential really sought after date in your region. For example, here, I was a wedding photographer in Montana. And in the fall, like the f- first two weeks of October, and kind of in the middle of October, but it could be iffy with weather. The first two weeks of October, people are trying to book for fall colors. Like we have picture book, pop-up storybook fall colors everywhere in Montana. It's the most beautiful thing. It's my favorite time of year. I'm obsessed with it. And all of my wedding clients were obsessed with it too because I, you know, portrayed that in my marketing and advertising. Like I, I love fall weddings, book fall weddings all the time. So those two weekends, those first couple of weekends in October were always sought after dates on my calendar. And they were sought after dates for every photographer in our area. So it was really important that I explained to my clients prior to them booking, like I, you, this is a first come first serve basis. Like I will leave this contract available for you to sign for 48 hours. Otherwise I'm going to open up that date. Like you can have that short of a contract signing period. All right, tip number two, 
follow up 24 hours prior to when the contract deadline is. That is in most instances what you would do because you're probably going to leave a contract open for at least a week. A week is pretty normal for a contract signing period, especially with the wedding and event industry. But again, it it differs if you have a sought after date, then I would make, you know, bring it down to 48 hours. And then I would probably respond that afternoon that the contract deadline is going to be up and say like, I need you to sign by tonight kind of thing. So it wouldn't be 24 hours, but you get, you get my drift here. Alert the potential client that their deadline is approaching and a signature is necessary to make things official. The reason you want to do this is not only did you explain to them the contract deadline in the first email you sent when you sent the contract, but you're following up and that is even more evidence and proof. That is your friend here, okay? Especially if they come back a week or two later after they've gone and looked for other, say, photographers in your area and they're like, nope, I want to work with you. And you're like, sorry, the contract period is up. If they, you know, get a little sassy or snarky, like you can show this proof. Like, oh, well, I, I told you this. This is my business policies. You know, sorry, Charlie, kind of situation. All right, number three, tie up loose ends after the contract signing deadline has passed. I believe that was one of the biggest issues for this service provider. This was a sticky situation that came up actually in our Facebook group. And my immediate visceral reaction to this was like, gosh, I just wish you would have sent an email to this person. <laughs> I really, that like tying up that loose end would have solved all of your problems. Like, hey, I'm going to move on with the next client. Um, I've been waiting. It's been over two weeks and I haven't heard from you. Thanks so much. If you end up having a different date, please reach out to me. And then maybe they would have, and then I would have like paused if I was the service provider there, given it like 12 hours, 24 hours, and then signed with another the other person. Like just given it a little bit of breathing room to see if those other first inquiring clients right? First come, first serve if they would have responded back. But you didn't tie up loose ends. And so make sure you do this. Follow up with a client after the contract signing period has lapsed. And you have to tell them that you're going to open their date back up. Remind them that if they would like to book services with you, and again, you've already told them that the time period has lapsed. So now you're not, you don't need to wait the 24 hours. That's what I would have suggested for the person with the sticky situation that came up. But because you've taken all of these steps, like they know, they know the contract signing period is over. You can also usually have a contract signing period on your client management software, whatever you use online. You can put a deadline and then sometimes there's automated emails that are sent to them. Even better, that's amazing way more documentation and proof, but they should know that the signing period is over. And so just send a kind email to them. But in this email, I like to remind them that if they would like to book services or they choose another date, that they have to sign a new contract at that time, or like basically they have to sign a contract. It's not new. It is new because you might update some things in it. But you, the one thing you want to say is that your pricing is subject to change if they do want to book services with you at a later date. Because the thing that really didn't come up here that I just want to make sure you guys put in the back of your mind is if an inquiring client reaches out to you, say for just like a portrait session a year prior, and they like weren't ready to book, 
They saw that contract and they saw your your pricing on that contract. That would be subject to change if they came back a year later and now wanted a portrait session from you. And I'm just talking photographers here. But that can happen. It can happen with lots of different service providers. They kind of already have an idea of the contracted price, the quote that you sent to them. But quotes are only good for the contracted period. So just another follow-up explaining that gives you documentation and proof that your clients can't be like, please, can you honor that price? You're like, no, sorry. It, like my pricing is subject to change. We are six to 12 months out at this point. Bonus tip, okay? Bonus tip and then I'm done. <laughs> Tie your contract signing deadline to your pricing. This goes hand in hand with what I was just saying, but tying it to your pricing creates urgency. The when you tell them in advance that your prices you quote are only valid through the contract signing date and they're subject to change, say in a month, this adds a huge layer of motivation for the potential client to sign on time and to sign quickly with you. And it ultimately, again, allows you to have more control over sticky booking situations. Okay, so I think we've gotten to the bottom of this situation. What I would suggest your next steps are, legally speaking, to not give rise to an already kind of like not good feeling situation with this ex-potential client of yours that now you've booked their date on their calendar, they've emailed you, they're a little disgruntled. What I would suggest to kind of diffuse the situation so it doesn't go any further. You haven't signed a contract Maybe you had some like weird oral agreement that they think is legit in their head. It's not. Don't worry. Legally, you're fine. But you are contracted with these other clients because you've booked them, signed them, gotten their retainer. So like that's what you need to uphold. But be careful because you don't want to like peeve off clients too much where they start going public and they say bad things about you or if there's a referral situation that now you're dealing with them, you know, word of mouth like potentially bad things saying to other people. So be careful of that and just how you respond. Don't be emotional, be professional. And then I suggested some helpful tips to avoid this situation altogether. If it hasn't come up for you, here's some things that you can add into your workflows and processes if you're a wedding and event industry professional when you're sending contracts out to clients to hopefully avoid this situation altogether. And I wanted to let you know that if you need help with a template email to send to your potential clients when you send them their contract to sign, that includes language surrounding a signing deadline, you can head over to thelegalpage.com forward slash email. I have worked with my legal team to put together a blog post for you that explains why you have to say certain things in the initial email that has the button to sign the contract and why we suggest certain things to do legally that make more sense that, you know, kind of cover your butt, so to speak. And in that email, I put swipe copy for you. So you can literally copy and paste it. I give you full permission to do so. Lots of people have used this template email and you you want to obviously adapt it to your own brand tone, but I have language in there surrounding like how we would suggest you convey the signing deadline date. So again, the legal paige.com forward slash email, all lowercase. And of course, if you're sending out any contracts, I want to make sure that you feel confident with them. 
review them before sending them off, ask yourself if you truly feel protected with your current contract, and if the answer is no, then I highly suggest that you head over to the Legal Page shop at thelegalpage.com, type in your industry, find the contract that you need, upgrade your contracts now. I promise you, we most likely have a contract for you in your industry, especially if you're in the wedding and event industry, and I will get you feeling well-protected, like all of your legal ducks in a row so that when you do send this email to your client, not only have you implemented all of these tips here today in this episode, but you have a bomb contract, rock solid, that you're sending to them when they click that sign contract button. That's all today, folks. So I will talk to you in our next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Legal Page Podcast. See, I told you being legally legit isn't so scary. Be sure to visit thelegalpage.com for all show notes. And it would be super awesome if you could head over to iTunes and leave a review. Last but not least, don't forget to join my free Facebook group for unlimited legal and biz Q&A. Chat soon, Legal Pagers. Attention all service industry business owners. Are you absolutely certain your current contract has you protected and set up for success? I've got some game-changing news for you. I've created a free checklist with all the essential clauses that you will need in your service industry contract. From force majeure to severability, cancellation to rescheduling, transferability, and even venue and jurisdiction. I've covered it all to make sure you stay protected and set for success. Don't take any chances with your business's future. Head over to Instagram and DM me the word checklist to grab your free guide. That's right. Just go over to the legal P-A-I-G-E on Instagram and DM me the word checklist. With this checklist in hand, you'll have the confidence to never get in a pickle with a client and ensure your business is 100% safeguarded.